but we've got an amazing word being brought by an amazing man that I get to introduce. And if you haven't met this man, some people used to say that Pastor J.D. was the most fashionable person at our church. But on December 5th, something changed. We hired a new staff member, our youth pastor, Sam Oviedo. Sam, get up here. I was hoping Sam was going to preach in his cargo pants Crocs if you've never seen him. Ask him to wear them sometime. Hey, come on over here. Sam is an incredible man of God. He believes in what God's doing in Gen Z as well as just in his own heart and in this church. And he has a good word for us today. So y'all, let's give it up for him one more time and take attention. Amen. 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 Wow. That is, wow, what an introduction. Love Pastor Andrew. He's incredible. Hey, look, today is a good day. Today is a good day. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to be together. And look, I just want to start off by saying it is an honor and a privilege to be here. It really is. It's, um, I know it may sound like a broken record. I've said that hundreds of times. You probably have heard me say this. That it is an honor for us to be here, especially with my wife, Siomi, and I moving to Austin, serving this incredible house. But truly, from the bottom of my heart, uh, it's been just an incredible opportunity. We're extremely, extremely grateful for the opportunity that, uh, to just pass through these youth that we love so, so much with all our heart. And also for the privilege of speaking on this stage. I don't take that lightly, sharing my heart and uh, my story. For that, I want to give honor and honors due, of course, Pastor J.D., the whole Antioch staff, all of you for trusting me to not only pastor these youth, but for this exact very moment of stewarding not only this ministry, but right now. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for today. We thank you just because you're good. And we come in your presence. We come to you and we just lift you up. May you open our ears. May you open our eyes. May you open our hearts to hear what it is that you have for us. And may every word that comes out of my mouth be you. Amen. So today is Gen Z Sunday. Awesome. It's where our youth get to be a part of what's happening and to be serving and representing today. And God's using, using the youth for a lot of things and, and doing a lot of just work in the kingdom. Like he really, really is. There's revival breaking out all over the nation, not just here. And I'm just glad that we get to be a small part of this, that we just get to represent a small part of the bigger picture. So for those of you who don't know, I'm actually part of Gen Z. Yes, I am. Here's a fun fact. Gen Z is from years 1997 to 2012. So if you are within those years, I want you to raise your hand real quick. Wow. So we have a lot of Gen Z. Look at that. Wow. Yeah. So that is Gen Z. In other words, they call us Zoomers as well. So now before we get started, I want to be very, very clear that God is not for a generation. He is for the generations. He's not for one. He's for all. So that being said, this is not a youth message. This is a multi-generational message because we have a multi-generational God. So that being said, if you have ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart that's open to receive, there is something God wants to tell you today. I know this Sunday has been coined Gen Z Sunday, but this message is for everybody. Last week, Pastor Chris shared an incredible message on narratives that we are what we eat the lies we believe, and the truth that we believe. 
Now, I'm not here to just share my story. I'm not here to just share the story of a generation. I'm here to share the story of redemption. The story that God is inviting all of us to be a part of. A greater narrative. So the title of my message is, What is Your Net? What is your net? Now, don't worry, I'm not asking what your net worth is. This is not a tithing message. This is not, you know, a giving message. I'm not asking what your net, you know. But what is your net? Okay, what is your net? Now, what does that mean? Well, let's go ahead and look at this text and find out. We'll be in Mark chapter 1, verses 14 through 18. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of God, the kingdom of God, and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Go ahead and highlight that if you want. Then Jesus said to him, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. It's another section I would like you to note, take note of. So what does this mean? What does this mean? What is the importance of this scripture? What may look like nothing on the surface level is actually very profound. It's very, very deep. It's actually very powerful. Because in all of our lives, in all of our journeys, in all of our stories, we are faced with a similar interaction with Jesus. A moment where you decide whether you will lay down your net and follow him or not. We have all had this moment or are about to, amen? A moment of choice, just like these fishermen had. We're all given an invitation to something more. Every single one of us, a new chapter of our story, which later on we find out that they become part of the 12 disciples. Which, by the way, many theologians and Jewish scholars believe that they were actually between their mid-20s or mid-teens to early 20s. So what does this net represent in our lives? What is your net? That is a question I've asked myself when faced with this choice, and a question I want us to ask ourselves as well. I want to share a story of someone who accepted this invitation, a young man and a youth at the time, and a member of Gen Z. My testimony of God's grace, mercy, and promise, and why you two have this exact same opportunity. And this story starts in 1998, back in Houston, Texas, when this guy was born, and I came into the world. And I was raised in a God-fearing home. I was brought up with good foundations and the ways of the Lord. I knew faith. I knew of God from a young age. But if you grew up like me, you know that just because you know God doesn't mean you have a relationship with God. So I grew up with this knowledge but not having a relationship. Now, I grew up with these seeds of truth and experienced incredible miracles of God throughout my life, especially a miracle of God's healing at the age of seven when I actually was healed from viral meningitis, and I was in the ICU for two weeks, literally dancing on the line of life and death, not even, not even being able to recognize my family, just going in and out of consciousness, flatlining here and there. Like, it was bad. But God came through, and he healed me. And you would think that that would solidify my complete trust and relationship with God, right? It didn't. <laughs> it didn't. Little did I know that this was just one of the many battles I would face in my life especially as those seeds of truth began to grow out of the soil of my heart. So, fast forward to middle school. <laughs> this is where it gets interesting. Those of you who have middle schoolers, you know exactly what I mean. 
Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. But as I grew up and I went into middle school, by that time I was actually serving in ministry for a couple of years. I was doing pretty much everything. I was doing kids, I was doing youth, I was doing worship, I was doing prayer sets, creative team, cleaning, everything. I did literally everything you could think of. I grew up in a Hispanic church. If you know, you know. That's how we are. I did the whole nine yards. But as I began to get exposed to this relentlessly rapid and ever-changing world, it began to fall into the deepest, darkest part of my life. Something that we all go through and something that I like to call the tension between calling and condemnation. Something that we all go through. I began to fight my battle with mental health, with the intense narrative of worthlessness, disqualification, self-condemnation, you name it, inadequacy. And because of that, I lost sight of, sight of my purpose. I began to pursue temporary things to fill the void that these narratives were writing. I forgot God's promise and pursued mine. My last year of middle school, I figured out my coping mechanism to deal with all this, my cathartic release, if you will, and it was music, it was creativity. This was my way of flipping the script of my life. It was something that I pursued. So fast forward even more so to high school, to a season that can be summed up with pretty much a very, really confusing and stressful time of finding out what your life will be and stuff. <laughs> That's high school. It's pretty much what high school is. High school is, you know what I'm talking about. But I decided what I wanted to do by this time. I actually knew what I wanted, who I wanted to be, and, and, and the story I wanted to write for myself. I wanted to be an artist, travel the world, you know, tour, you know, do shows, live off my music, be a rock star. Look, if TikTok was back, like, back then, I'm jealous, to be honest. I came a little bit too late in the game, but I digress, and the Lord is still healing that wound in me. But, uh, but God had other plans, and as a matter of fact, uh, he had an invitation to something more. Just like the disciples, Jesus asked me, will you lay down your net and follow me? Now, let me be honest with you. When I heard those gentle words, those gentle, gentle words, a gentle whisper at a youth camp my, going into my senior year of, call, of high school, I'm not going to lie to you, it sucked. <laughs> it devastated me. It hurt. Thinking about laying down my dreams, laying down my will to follow someone else's, it sounds crazy. Especially after working so hard, getting ready to go to music school, having all the pieces fall in place, seeing my music, you know, impacting people, going left and right, and it working and it doing something. But I answered the call and I laid down my net. I laid it down and I followed him, not knowing that it would lead to this very moment in Austin, Texas, March 20th, right here. Well, you know, the beautiful thing about accepting that invitation is that God is not asking you to throw away or no longer use your gifts your talents, your skills, your abilities. He's actually inviting you to use them for something more. If you really pay attention to that verse, that passage that we just read, Jesus does not call them hunters of men, seekers of men. He called them fishers of men. Why? He did not take away the very thing that they knew how to do. On the contrary, he took the thing that they knew how to do and used it to build, to build the kingdom, to raise the kingdom, to create disciples, to later on become, I mean, pillars of our faith, the disciples. It was kingdom-oriented. You gave it a greater purpose. That's the beauty of what Jesus does. He doesn't change the things that make you you. Rather, he unlocks who God truly created you to be. This is the beauty of the invitation. And this is the very thing that scares people. 
that are yes to Jesus is like a factory reset on our iPhone that we become these Jesus robots, these slaves, that we lose our life and life isn't fun anymore and I can't pursue my dreams. But that's not true. That's actually farther from the truth. Saying yes to an invitation of dropping your net and following Jesus is you stepping into your prime. It's stepping in to your true identity. It's not bondage. It's freedom. His ways are already better than yours anyway to begin with. So when I answered the call to go to Bible school and to pursue my call in ministry, I wasn't laying down what he had already given me. I was just laying down my heart. I was laying down my will. I was being obedient. The invitation of obedience. Jesus unlocks purpose, potential, and power. He unlocks all those things. And if he did it for the disciples, if he did it for me, broken, lost, and ordinary people, then why can't he do it for a generation and why can't he do it in you? Why not? You see, the moment you drop your net is the moment you pick up calling. The moment you drop what is in your hands is the moment you step in to calling. So what does this net represent, right? What is currently in your hands right now? This is a question we need to answer today. And this is something that you need to search your heart for. Something only you and God know. What is the net that you may not want to let go is another question. And even more so, what are you fishing for? You see, sometimes we use our nets for the wrong things. Before I laid mine down, I was fishing for, that, for validation. But now I fish for souls. I was fishing for love, but now I fish for a relationship with the one who loved me first. I was fishing for an escape, but now I have found freedom. Do you see what I'm getting at? I don't know about you. I don't don't know what your trade is. I don't know what that net is that you have in your hands. The very thing that you've been fishing for this whole time, but God can do miraculous things and take what's in your hand and make it something beautiful. Give it something more purpose, more value. Your gifts and your talents, your skills and your calling even, those are not really who you are. They're just simply tools to build the kingdom up. It doesn't define who you are. And I ended up falling into the trap of seeing these gifts and these skills and these uh, these abilities that we all have as my purpose. My net became who I am. And maybe that's what your net has become for you. This is the tension that we all deal with. Figuring out what it is. Wrestling with the waves of uncertainty the, that, that rock our boat from left to right in this sea of life, of trying to figure out what we're doing and where we're heading. But the invitation here is that God is asking you to stop fishing for mundane things and to start casting your nets into the kingdom and into a relationship with him, to no longer be fishermen, to be fishers of men. Something more, to walk in to the fullness of your purpose. If you go back to verse 15, it says that the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Now this sounds great, right? This is all good news. But the best news is that Jesus himself did the same thing. And this is my favorite part because this is the gospel of Jesus. This is why we're here. It's nothing else. It's all about Jesus. He is our priority. He is our message. And for that reason, I'm so thankful. Because if you look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, it says, Have this in mind among yourselves, 
which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God was highly exalted and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus laid down his net when he laid down his life. He laid down his will in exchange for obedience. And this is the good news of the gospel. That because Jesus laid down his net, now we can. In exchange for something way bigger than we could ever imagine. Jesus himself laid it all down, but even then it was hard. Even then it was hard. If you look back at the Garden of Gethsemane, which I believe is in Matthew 26, Jesus himself, this is the scene where he's in the garden, about to go to the cross, about to endure the worst possible death anyone could endure, fully man, fully God, by the way, and has a moment where he says, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. But as you will. Jesus had a, a chance, he had a moment where he was faced with God the Father, and God the Father was telling him, will you lay down your net? Will you complete the purpose and the calling that I've called you to this earth for? Jesus could have said no. He could have easily said no. He could have called a whole bunch of angels and completely destroyed the Roman army, the Roman empire. He could have said, like, I'm out, and he'd go a very different way. But he decided to do the will of the Father. He laid down his net. That was his obedience. When he died and rose again. And that opportunity to no longer be fishermen, but be fishers of men, is here for us, for you and for me. And what really blows my mind is that when Jesus said to the disciples and invited them into this, he was actually foreshadowing what he would do later on. He was foreshadowing to the disciples what he was going to do for humanity. And I believe that God is calling us out to walk in the fullness of that as well. And today you have an opportunity to accept that invitation. You see, our generation, our society, our culture, our world, is not questioning whether God exists. They're questioning whether God is a God worth following. That's the reality. That's just the reality. That's the facts. I mean, you got kids literally making whole belief systems on memes, okay? Like, this isn't new, <laughs> all right? God is not in question. It's, should I follow him? Is he worth laying down my life, laying down my will to follow him? That, that is the question here. It's not about whether God exists or not. Is God worth laying down my will? And that was the same question that I asked myself when I was in high school, when I was faced with that question, I sat there and asked myself, is this really worth it? Well, let me tell you, absolutely. It is. It absolutely is. You see, the enemy would not be after something he doesn't care about, all right? So the reason that he's going so hard for the next generation is because there's purpose, there's potential, and there's power waiting to be released. And he would not waste his time Messing around with things that have no value, 
but aren't a threat. The truth is God is moving and he's not finished. That's the truth. He's doing a new thing, and I'm a living proof of that. And for that reason, I will bet my life on the next generation every single time. Every single time. And this is why I believe in the next gen. Why I never back down and run away from adversity or attacks of the enemy towards them. Why I will never listen to or be in agreement with the false narratives that society writes about Gen Z. This is why I'm here. This is why I laid down my net and went from being a fisherman to a fisher of men, a follower of Jesus. So let's go ahead and stand to our feet as we transition into a time of response. An opportunity where you can lay down your net for the first time if you haven't, or if you have years ago and maybe picked up some old nets, or maybe you thought you laid it down, but you held down, you held to that one thread, that one thing, but you just couldn't let go. Maybe you haven't fully surrendered your life to the Lordship of Christ in that way. So this is for everybody. And now is the time. The kingdom is at hand, and God wants to bring heaven to earth. And Jesus is calling us out into his purpose, both young and old. It's not about the new generation. It's not about the old generation. We need y'all just as much as y'all need us. It's not a debate. It's not who did it first, who did it better. We need each other. God is a multi-generational God. And this is the invitation. What are we going to walk into today? What are you going to walk into? Will you lay down that net? Now is the time. The kingdom is at hand and God wants to use you. So what is your net? What is the thing that you need to lay down for Jesus? Look, if that's you, step out of your boat. Step out of the shore and follow that guy you never met, Jesus. You think they felt good about leaving their whole well-being, their job, their nine-to-five to follow a random guy that they just met? Maybe. I don't know. But I know it could be scary. It could be different. It could be new. It could be frightening. But the thing is, it's the best thing you could do. So if that's you, step out and lay down your net and answer the call. Right now, we're going to have an opportunity to respond to that invitation. I'm actually going to go ahead and invite, if you're a life group leader, student life group leaders as well, to come to the front. And if anyone needs to have that moment, of, hey, God, I need, to, I need to lay down my net. This is the first time I'm doing it. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that will entail for the rest of my life, but I'm going to lay down my net. Or if you've been with Christ for a minute and you've walked with God, but you said, hey, look, you know what? I've picked up some nets again. I've, I've done this thing for a couple years, or I've, co- I've done this thing for a while, and I'm not going to lie, I've picked it up. And it's, and, it's, and it's hard to let go. Well, you know, you right now you have a time. You have an opportunity to answer the invitation. This is the beauty of the invitation. So what is your net? I'm going to go ahead and lead us in a quick prayer as we go into this moment. Jesus, we thank you for laying down your life. We thank you because you were the one that did it first. You were the one that laid down your will and your net to obey the Father. 
And we come to you humbly and we repent and we say, God, I lay it down. I lay my heart, I lay my dreams, I lay my aspirations, my business, my calling, my finances, whatever it is, we lay it down today, today, today to follow you, to no longer live in our purpose, but in your purpose. Do a mighty work in our lives. Holy Spirit, begin to rewire narratives, rewrite narratives that we have maybe heard or been spoken over us. And may you write the greater story in our heart. And may you etch it into our heart where no man could erase. In your mighty name.